Well, the Golden State Warriors are in a bit of an existential crisis. The next 15, 20 games, according to Mike Dunleavy Jr., could be a, a, a moment of huge change for this Warriors team. We're, we're going we're gonna to find out a lot of things in these next 15, 20 games. But right now, I have Ron Krojcik, who's covering the Golden State Warriors for the San Francisco Chronicle. We're going to talk Warriors next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, legal in California, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one. $100. You can follow long-time San Francisco Chronicle reporter. Uh, I, bl- I believe your, your beat right now is Enterprise, which is I love the freedom that you have with, with uh, that, that area that you're covering. But at the moment, you're filling in. You're, cover- you're, you're handling the beat along with Connor Letourneau for uh, covering the Golden State Warriors. Um, I know you were not in L.A., but I think you were, you've been traveling with the team for some of these games. Great yeah. to finally meet you. I, I, I've been re- following your work for a very long time. You told me before we started recording, you've been writing for the paper for 28 years now. Congratulations on the longevity. Uh, I respect that tremendously. Um, so very nice to finally meet you in person. And your immediate reaction to this Golden State Warriors team 24 games in, are they what you expected? Is it worse than you expected? Maybe better. I don't know. Your thoughts, sir. And very nice to meet you. Likewise, nice to meet you as well. Um, it's definitely been more turbulent than expected. Um, uh, no, I, I thought, you know, I don't know that I thought they would win the championship or necessarily even compete for the championship, but I certainly thought they would be a playoff team and maybe have moved past some of the issues they've dealt with, right? Um, you know, Clay, Clay Thompson, for all his struggles in the playoffs, had a pretty good regular season last year. Uh, offensively you know shot the ball well and and he's been struggling mightily for most of these 24 games although now there are signs he's coming out of it um you know and and the all the turbulence with with Draymond Green I think uh most fans and certainly the Warriors hoped that was behind them with the Jordan Poole incident and the, Mm -hmm. the bonus incident and now here we are again you know dealing with that and who knows when he's going to be back so yeah, they're they're the transition from the dynasty generation or the dynasty to the next generation has been uh, been rockier than expected, no question. Um, it's just been a weird twenty four games, right? It's not one thing to to lose, you know, to be ten and fourteen, but for them to lose the way they have and building these leads on the road against good teams, yeah, and have these you know flashes of being a really good team for one quarter or two quarters or three quarters and then not being able to close it. And, um, you know, and obviously having issues, particularly with the starting lineup, which has been so good, mm-hmm. you know, for two, three years now and uh, has been really bad this year. So awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
it's been strange. I mean, that so much of the focus of the offseason was giving Steph more, you know, going back to that strength in numbers and giving him the depth he didn't have last year um, and giving the team the depth they didn't have. And they achieved that. Their, their second unit, quote unquote, is significantly better than it was last year. Um, no one really saw this coming where the first unit would not only regress, but regress by a lot. Yeah, I you know I've been critical of the start because because you know I study this stuff I have to study it intensively if I'm going to sound decent on this program. Um, and I I was seeing a regression dating back to starting with March of last year. Um, you're right. Last season the net rating for the starting five was the best in the NBA, right. but they didn't play together since late December. I mean I think that's when Wiggins went down with a with a one of either injury or the, or he had this weird sickness where he had COVID and the flu like back to back. And then we never saw him again until the postseason. So that net rating was reflective up to, up until December. And then Clay's numbers started to regress in March and April. And then that led into the, the playoffs. And then we see it now. Right. Um, I'm with you, though, that I didn't think it was going to be this bad with the starting five. Um, I mean, it's it's if I'm not mistaken, I saw a stat where it's literally the worst starting five in the NBA, whereas the bench is the best bench in the NBA. And that's what's led to Brandon Pajemski and Jonathan Kaminga in the starting five. But, you know, Ron, you know, you, you one of your many facets of your job is interviewing the GM, developing a relationship with him, with the head coach. And I thought and by the way, people can follow you on Twitter at Ron Krojcik, um, just your name. I'm always fascinated, by the way, when people have a last name that ends in chick. Uh, Bill Belichick intrigued me by that. It's just a weird, I don't know why it's weird to me or well, fascinating I'd like to me. I'd like, I'd like to think I'm more personable than Bill Belichick. <laughs> That's fair. But, low bar, low bar. <laughs> um, but I, I digress. My, my point is Mike Dunleavy Jr. Uh, ad addressed the media and uh, during a practice session in LA. And what I thought was fascinating, most people were focusing on his comments pertaining to Draymond Green and rightfully so. The Draymond thing is, a, is clearly a big story. But what stuck out to me was a couple of comments he made pertaining to the next 15, 20 games. And he alluded to the fact that if the team doesn't show improvement uh, during that span, that there could be changes coming. Um, I, I hear people, a lot of fans especially, are bringing up the word trade. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. What are your thoughts on Dunleavy's comments? And I know you can't obviously predict the future, but this is all speculation. But what do you think the Warriors could maybe should do if they decide to start uh, revamping the roster? Great question. Um, I was Thank in you. Phoenix for the game where Draymond got ejected. I was not in LA, Connor was, but I obviously saw what Dunleavy said. And I think what he's doing is, you know, is smart. He's, there's so much fan and public clamor to do something right now or do something yesterday. And it's still 24 games. They had, you know, Draymond's been gone for a lot of them and now will be gone for a while. So it's been hard to get a read on, is this re are they really this bad that the starting unit and what changes should be made? Right. So he's being smart and like, we're not going to make those decisions until they need to. Right. You know, the, the trade deadlines, February 8th. Um, I, I, my gut instinct says it's going to be hard to make any major trade mid season, especially when, you know, Wiggins is struggling as badly as he is. His value is going to be very low. Mm -hmm. um, Clay's obviously on expiring contract, but, I don't know. I, I can't see the Warriors trading Clay Thompson after all he's meant to this franchise. I mean, maybe if this season doesn't work out, they let him go in free agency, right? Where he doesn't get, you know, they don't give him what he wants. I could certainly see that happening. 
but that that seems like a much smoother or a less abrupt transition than trading him in the middle of a season. So um, I don't think it's coincidence. I mean, he's been playing better lately too, but yeah. he's he's not the one who got benched from the starting lineup. Wiggins was right, and that's partly a function of how they, Wiggins has been playing. But I mean, Clay's earned more rope. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he he was it was a it was news obviously that he didn't close. Tuesday night in Phoenix, the game I was at, but Kerr has said who's playing, whoever's playing the best is going to finish the games and he should play. I mean, I long ago learned I was covering the A's with Tony La Russa and the only question the manager or the coach should be asking is what gets the team the best chance to win. And, you know, Kerr is understandably partial to the core members of the dynasty because they were so good for so long. Mm -hmm. But now 24 games in, the more we get in, you know, he, he can't, he can't focus on that. And I think that showed with, with the way he finished that game Tuesday night and it was fair and it was justifiable. Um, So to answer your question on what moves can and should be made, I mean, Wiggins and Clay are the obvious trade chips. Um, You know, there was some, when, when Kaminga was struggling, there was predictable, fan you know selected fan outrage about him but he's too talented and and too young to give up i think um so i don't see that happening at all and i think he's shown the last few games how unique he is and how Mm -hmm. good he can be Um, i think it'd be a massive mistake to trade him um so we'll see it's it's going to be fascinating i mean it's it's really must see tv these days with these guys you know, like I wasn't working in L.A., but I wasn't missing that game. I'm really, <laughs> really curious to see how it plays out, right? How Pajemski was so good in Phoenix and, and you know, Moses Moody's been had some great games, some OK games, was pretty good last night in, in mm-hmm. L.A. So how the pieces all fit together is a fascinating story. That's what makes covering sports, you know, so fun and so compelling. Absolutely. Um, we're going to have more in just a moment. Uh, when we come back, Ron, I'd love to get your feedback because no one can answer this. Um, and I don't I'm not expecting you to either. But at a minimum, I'm trying to get as much perspective as possible on what exactly people think is going on with Andrew Wiggins. The only person that really knows is Andrew himself, maybe his immediate family and inner circle. But I've never seen another precipitous drop like this for a player still in his 20s right. and <clears throat> across every uh, statistical category. He's hitting career lows, and it just is baffling, at least to me, and so far to everyone else I'm speaking to. When we come back, I'd love to know what you at least think is going on with Wiggins, and if there's any salvation there, because that is—I feel like that is probably what's crawling on Steve Kerr's mind the most—is what happened to a player that just a year and a half ago was the second best player on my team to win a world championship. And now he's, his regression is, is there's no doubt that he's struggling incredibly. Uh, so we're going to talk about that and so much more in just a moment with Ron Krojcik of the San Francisco Chronicle. First, though, got to give some love to one of our newer sponsors, and that is Dave.com, and more specifically, Dave.com slash NBA. And look, we all need a little financial help, and that's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks. It can help you build credit by setting up extra cash advances on time. 
If you need money, that's what Dave is there for. It's a banking gap that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or net or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. So download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on NBA. That's dave.com slash locked on NBA. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less, no credit check, which is crazy. No late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. Don has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you. 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel and follow the San Francisco Chronicles Enterprise reporter who's currently filling in as a beat reporter covering the Golden State Warriors, Ron Krojcik, on Twitter, at Ron Krojcik. Krojcik spelled K-R-O-I-C-H-I-C-K. The second half, just like Bill Belichick. I don't know why that I'm, I'm so intrigued and, and smitten by that, but I am. Ron, what's going on with Andrew Wiggins? Like, what is your theory? Because I don't think anyone has a clear-cut answer. If you do have a clear-cut answer, that is breaking news. But Regardless, at least your thoughts on why Andrew Wiggins, at 28 years of age, is struggling the way he is. Yeah, I wish I knew. It'd be a hell of a story. Um, <laughs> you know, he seems to just have lost complete confidence in his, in his shot. I think that's part of it. His outside shot, it's just, it's just, he just can't. He, he he doesn't he doesn't look he doesn't look comfortable. Um, the best theory, I guess, or the most specific theory I read was, I think Kendra Andrews had a story on ESPN.com where she said that uh, she reported that members of the organization thought he didn't come into camp in shape, that, that he, he, he let himself get out of shape in the summer and he wasn't ready for the season to start and that that sort of explained his slow start. And that story came out, I think, about the time they were in we were in Sacramento a couple weeks ago and they lost that, you know, massive lead. And he had an incredible game. Mm-hmm. That was his best game. That was the Andrew Wiggins from the, the 22 playoffs, as you pointed out, when he was clearly their second best player. Um, and really, in some ways, their best all-around player, right? Because he was impacting the game on defense. He was getting rebounds. Um, you know, he was a force in that postseason. Um, and he was in Sacramento that night. And I remember thinking that night, I, I think that's about when Kendra's story came out. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that, okay, well, that makes sense, right? He's he's getting in, he's finally into shape now, a month into the season, and he's going back to being Andrew Wiggins. And then the last four or five games, he's gone back to struggling again, you know, including slamming his finger in a car door and which cost him a couple games and probably affected his shot. I know. People tend to scoff and say it's only a finger, but having played basketball long ago in high school, you you break a finger or slam in a car door, it's going to be hard to shoot. You know, and that was the index finger on his shooting hand. So um, that didn't help, obviously. But but his struggles predate that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so it's a great, it's a great question. Um, I wish I had a better answer. I think being out of the, the conditioning theory or that reporting that Kendra did, I think makes some sense that that's contributing to it. Um, it's just sort of surprising to me because it felt like in 22, he was getting comfortable with the, you know, this system and being sort of the, you know, the second, third wheel, right. Which seemed to fit his personality really well. Right. Not being the top dog and you don't have to be with Steph and Clay and Raymond. And so he seemed like a really logical fit at that spot and he just looks lost. So I, I don't, yeah, I wish I had a better theory or an answer, but um, it, it's definitely a problem. And I think they're hoping maybe there'll be less pressure on the on the bench. I mean, he clearly looks like he's putting pressure on himself, which is yeah. understandable, right? As as you're not playing anywhere near your old form, um, but he's not playing for a contract like Clay is, so it's kind of it's kind of baffling. Yeah, to, to use your word, it's it's baffling, no question. Yeah, and I feel like him and Clay are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what a, a contract year versus signing a fat new deal can do to you. Right. Uh, Clay doesn't seem to react uh, positively at all to being in a contract year, whereas Wiggins got that fat deal, and I, he seems perfectly content. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm definitely fill, uh, filling in words there, but it, it, it makes me wonder if Wiggins would be playing better if he was playing for a contract versus being in year one of a nice extension. Uh, what, Ron... A huge gripe of mine this season. We'll finish on this note here, and I can't thank you enough for taking time to join the program. It's been it's been driving me insane seeing the team still go as small as they are. I understand small ball working when you have a lineup that consists of the greatest shooters ever combined with the greatest defenders ever. Uh, you know, and, and the average height of your lineup is more closer to six five, six six, six seven versus what we're seeing now, where Draymond's not a part of this. Um, yet we're seeing Kaminga oftentimes playing the, you know, playing the power forward, which on most other teams, I don't know if you'd see him playing that position. Um, Looney is, is not the same, but I don't know if he's not the same player or if he's just being a role player when the surrounding cast isn't as good as starting to reflect poorly on him. But regardless, the, the lack of Trace Jackson Davis minutes, the lack of even seeing Usman Garuba sitting on that bench concerns me. I, I don't know if this Warriors team can survive playing small ball with the current roster. What are your thoughts on the lack of size that Kerr routinely implements? Yeah, I thought it was a potential problem. And, you know, the, the they're rebounding better than I would have imagined. They're one of the better rebounding teams in the league. Right. So, you know, I, I, I sort of my instinct is to share your, your point, your concern, but I don't know how much it's really affected them. And I mean, they don't have, or they didn't get big guys who can play, right? And there's not, yeah. there's not a bunch of them out there. And I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to be good, but he's clearly going to take some time to be good. Yeah, and I think we'll see him more now, obviously, with Draymond out. Um, you know, Sarich has been kind of a savior for that bench to be at his size and his shooting ability, and he's a pretty good rebounder. I mean, he, you know, he was grappling with. Uh, Zubak, how do you pronounce his name? The yeah, Zubak, yeah, center. exactly. Who, who you know, looked he great was, out there. <laughs> he was banging bodies with him last night and had good position. You know, so so Saric has been a, a, a steal of a signing. Um, but you're right, beyond Saric and, and Looney's clearly not, you know, playing at his former level, 
beyond those two, they don't really have. I mean, Kaminga plays bigger than his size with his mm-hmm. jumping ability, clearly. And Kerr is adamant that he's more of a four than a three. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, he's kind of in between. It's, he is, yeah. You know, it's it's hard to, you know, there's some there's some legitimacy to the whole positionless, I think. Um, but to your point, it isn't the same team. You know, small ball is definitely harder to pull. There's less margin for error with small ball than there is when you have bigger guys. And Absolutely. there are skilled, you know, there are a lot of skilled big men right now, right? Embiid and, and Jokic and, you know, there's, I mean, those are obviously the cream of the crop, but there's there's a uh, several really good big, big guys now. Um and so, I'm seeing even like lesser quality bigs like Nurkic, like Zubac. I mean, I'm just seeing them have their way inside. And it just that's a frustrating part. And you're right. The rebounding numbers are, are shockingly good for the Warriors right, this year. Right. But they're dead last in points in the paint. And that's where I'm right. starting to wonder if the lack of size is starting to eat them up. Because I'm seeing a correlation. I don't know if you agree with this or not. But I'm seeing a correlation between the, the team being last in points in the paint and then being last in transition points yes. because oftentimes it's easier to push the ball and get these fast break points when the other team's taking difficult shots. But when they're sure. getting easy buckets close to the rim, you're, it's hard to push the ball when the other teams uh, doesn't have to worry about transition defense. So I don't know if you agree with that sentiment or not, but that's yeah. at least what I'm seeing. No, I think there's some truth to that. And, and I wrote a story from Phoenix about the importance of Kaminga getting to the rim so the Warriors can get some points in the paint, right? They, yeah. And this goes back to the way they lost in L.A. in the playoffs, you know, just firing three after three after three. And in the postgame press conference, you know, the season's over now. And, you know, I asked the question of Steph, it's like, do you guys need to have more ways to score? Because it seemed like you had no, you know, it was three or nothing. And and Steph totally agreed and said, yeah, we, we got to have, I think the way he put it was we need to change up. We, mm-hmm. we can't have just all fastballs. Um, and that's where Chris Paul made some sense, right? Here's a guy who's one of the best mid-range 12 to 14-foot sh- jump shooters ever. Um, and I think he's helped to some re- some extent with that. But, you know, they need Kaminga to be doing that. And, and to your point, probably the bigger issue is how do they stop the other team from scoring so often and so easily. And that's where Draymond's absence is really going to hurt. You know, they yeah. weren't. There, there were stretches last night, particularly the first half against the Clippers, where they were just not very good defensively. Yeah. And, and, and that's directly connected to whether or not Draymond's out there, I think. No, I, yeah, I'm with you. And um, I know you got to run, Ron. Uh, you know, a huge difference, real quick, between, between being mm-hmm. in person yeah. and watching this content on, on TV or your, your, whatever your digital advice is, is seeing these individuals in person and how they're feeling, how they're reacting. How is Steph looking to you in person? Is he demoralized? Do you, Still see the upbeat Steph. Like, what are you seeing in person? You know, I hadn't seen in the last couple of games. It seems like, at least, you know, logically to me, he's looked a little more like he's carrying a burden. You know, I mean, the Draymond thing is, I think, you know, who knows what he feels like behind closed doors. He's in a tough spot, right? Publicly, he's got to support his guy. And I, I think they, you know, they, they are really good friends and they've won four championships together. But I'm sure privately he's... I'm guessing he's exasperated like everybody is. Yeah. Like not ag- again, like this is happening again. So, you know, it, it leaves a pretty big burden on him. I mean, if Clay keeps struggling and Wiggins keeps struggling and Draymond's suspended, you know, it's Steph, Steph, Steph. And it was very noticeable to me watching the game on TV against the Clippers 
you know, they had Kawhi Leonard on staff most of the mm-hmm. game. And that's a hard, that's a tough hill for Steph to climb. And, you know, he's great. He's one of the best players ever, but he's still 6'2". And, you know, if they're <laughs> going to put a 6'7 guy who's that good a defender on him, and teams are just going to load up on Steph. Why, yep. wouldn't, why wouldn't they, right? Absolutely. They're Absolutely. Not as, they're not as worried about Wiggins. They weren't worried about Clay until he hit four or five threes last night. And, you know, so Steph really needs – with Draymond out, Steph really needs Clay to to be Clay again, um, and maybe that's possible. Maybe it's not. I think I think people forget because Clay came back and helped him win a championship two years ago. He had a pretty good year last year, really good offensive year. Agreed. And obviously struggled in the playoffs, but people tend to forget this guy had two devastating injuries, either one of which could have ended his career. Um, he's clearly not the same defensively because of those injuries. There's no way someone can move laterally the way they used to after mm-hmm. those injuries. Um, and I'm not making excuses for him. It's just a fact. It's a reality of what he's been through. Yep. Um, it's unrealistic to expect him to be have the same lift on his jumper and the same quickness on defense that he did pre-injuries. Yeah. Um, so... Steph needs Clay to be the old Clay, but I don't know how how plausible that is. Um, but I guess to your question, Steph's used to he's used to being the face of the franchise. He's used to having the burden on him, but this is going to test him definitely with with Draymond gone and and some of his you know sort of comrades struggling. So he needs Clay to come back, or he needs the young guys to really quickly take a step forward. Hey, absolutely. Ron, I can't thank you enough. Again, people can follow you on Twitter at Ron Krojcik. Um, I don't know how you're feeling about temporarily not being on the Enterprise beat and covering the team, but your coverage has been fantastic. Uh, anything thank you want to promote you. before we let you go? What's that? Anything you'd like to promote before? Uh, uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, no, we're, we're, Connor and I are, you know, trying to cover all various angles of the Draymond situation, which has been a challenge, but, uh, you know, we've got, got a lot of games coming up they got you know the nets obviously uh saturday night uh at portland you got the celtics in town and finals rematch on tuesday and then jordan Poole's return next uh next friday which is interesting Ooh. interesting timing given what the warriors are dealing with right now <laughs> so, uh, yeah no it's been fun i uh a lot of the enterprise i do and connor as well is warriors focused so it's a little more uh intense you know being responsible for the game coverage but it's nothing we haven't done before and uh we'll, we'll make it work until the chronicle uh hires a new beat writer <laughs> sounds good ron and i and i'd love to have you back on the show at some point uh, i'll reach out ron thank you again you can follow ron krojcik on twitter at ron krojcik it's that simple ron have a great weekend thank you so much for coming on the show no worries thank you thanks ron and that is the legend when it comes to the san francisco chronicle ron krojcik can't thank him enough. Let's give some love to Prize Picks, one of what's becoming a longtime sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know the premise. You've heard me talk about it time and time and again. Two to six players. That's it. All you got to do is pick a minimum of two players, a maximum of six players, and you got to guess correctly whether or not they're going to score more or less than a certain amount, maybe grab more or less rebounds depending on the line they set. 
you can go across different sports and play NFL football and decide whether or not a certain running back like Christian McCaffrey is going to score more or less than a certain amount of touchdowns, run for more or less a certain amount of rushing yards. So if you follow sports intently, this is the game for you because you're all it's all about daily fantasy sports made easy and guessing how individual athletes will perform. And if you're in California, it's legal, folks. So you can download the PriceFix app right now and have some fun. Go to pricefix.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, pricefix.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. You are locked on warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, we're back at it tomorrow like we are all season with these post-game shows. The Warriors are hosting the Brooklyn Nets. Important to note that the Golden State Warriors, and I don't think it's even close, they've had the toughest schedule to start the year. They played the most games, at least until recently. Uh, they finally had a few days off here and there, but their strength of schedule has been absurd. And it's going to be nice to finally see them play teams like the Brooklyn Nets, who I'm not saying are bad, but they're not the Suns. They're not the Clippers. And so it's going to be a massive relief to see the Warriors in their comfy confines of Chase Center playing a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who I think they match up with a lot better than these incredibly stacked and deep Western Conference teams. Want to also give a, a shout out to Jerry West of the LA Clippers because he was a consultant for the Golden State Warriors and was a huge reason for the dynasty becoming what it was. He was consulting Bob Myers. He was consulting Joe Lacob. And a lot of the reason why Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes, why they were drafted is because of Jerry West's expertise. And the reason why I bring him up is because the Warriors played the Clippers last night and Jerry West is with that LA team now. And I, I forgot who said it. Maybe it was Bob Fitzgerald on the broadcast last night, but he, he mentioned how Jerry West has a very simple philosophy as a front office exec. Sign as many talented players as possible and just put them all on the same team and hopefully you have a brilliant coach who can figure it out. And we saw that philosophy with the Warriors time and time and again. We didn't see them oftentimes pass up players because they weren't a quote-unquote great fit uh, in the system. We weren't they, The Warriors were not passing up uh, you know, on, on the David West of the world. They, they obviously weren't passing up on the Zaza Pachulias of the world, the Leandro Barbosas, the Sean Livingstons, the Andre Iguodala's. And it just made me think a lot about whether or not this Warriors team in the last two, three years has been a little too picky when it comes to who they decide to add on their roster. This is a very small team because that's what Steve Kerr wants. Look what the result is of that now. It's not a winning formula. Small ball worked when Andre Iguodala was part of your death lineup, a player who can handle the ball like a point guard, a player who can defend one through five. Small ball worked when Draymond Green, who offensively was a point guard essentially, running the motion offense, but who also defensively could guard one through five. Small ball worked when Steph and Clay were the two best shooters on the planet. Steph still thankfully holds that title, but Clay, even though we're seeing some good games here and there, 
has not consistently proved that and is clearly on the decline. And who's your three? <clears throat> is it Andrew Wiggins? Maybe he works in small ball if he's shooting the ball the way he has in the past, not this year. Um, so the, the point is, is, is the small ball approach, it was a luxury that the Warriors could afford because of how deep their roster is. But when Andre Iguodala aged and subsequently retired, Draymond Green is aging. Klay Thompson is aging. Stephen Curry, thankfully, still at the peak of his powers, but he's aging. So you can't keep this same philosophy going when the talent isn't the same. You have to make up for a lack of talent with physical attributes that can overcome those kind of deficiencies. That's where size is an easy solution. And it just, I don't, I, I, I'm incredibly thankful that Mike Dunleavy Jr. said what he said uh, when he met with reporters pertaining to the fact that there could be some big changes coming here. Uh, Ron didn't mention Chris Paul, who also could be a piece traded because of the fact he's on an expiring deal. And there was never really a plan in place for Chris Paul to stay on this team beyond this season anyway. So uh, instead of letting him go for nothing after this year, why not trade him? Get something back. Um, Dwight Howard is still out there. I they, they worked him out for two days and ultimately decided not to sign him. He's still out there. If he's in shape, why not take a spin at that? Make life easier for your team. Um, if you're frustrated, Dub Nation, I feel you. I think that's my point in all this. So, But we'll be back tomorrow night uh, covering the, the Brooklyn Nets game. So tune in for that post-game show. Otherwise, hope everyone's doing okay. Hope you're finding happiness out there with the holidays in full steam. If you're around family, I hope they're not driving you crazy. Uh, if you're not around family, I hope uh, loneliness is not uh, affecting you. Um, I try to engage with folks. Sorry, I hit the button just a little too soon there. Uh, so if you follow me on threads at Dog Wild, I try to reply to everyone. I try to engage with everyone. Um, I, you know, my, my, my philosophy when it comes to uh, media content is when I used to work on radio, for example, my buddy F.P. Santangelo and I used to always call it no ego radio. We, there's no big egos here. All right. I don't I don't ever think I'm special than anyone else. Uh, so if you ever want to engage with me, I'm on threads. Find me there. Um, and yeah, let's talk. Let's let's misery loves company. So let's be miserable together when it comes to the Warriors. Otherwise, I'll see you folks tomorrow night. Uh, and thanks again to Ron Krojcik. You can follow him on Twitter at Ron Krojcik. Just his name. Super easy. Um, and you can follow me one more time on threads at Dog Wild. This program is on threads as well at Locked on Warriors. You can also follow us there. Take care, everyone. Hope everyone's doing okay. Have a great weekend. We'll see ya. Brooklyn Nets postgame. Bye-bye.